You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad, and we're in Roundstone, County Galway. And on Sunday mornings, between starting at 11 and running a Sunday afternoon to about 4 p.m., there's a market held, and local artisans uh, set up and are able to present their crafts. And Richard Colson is one of those. He's uh, based down the road from Roundstone and has some beautiful woodwork and all Irish wood, handcrafted. And uh, we're going to hear a bit about it, Richard. Thanks a million for for agreeing to have a chat. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I'm I'm looking at the wood and I asked you, I know before we started recording, was uh, it all local wood and you said it's all Irish because the colour in some of the wood itself is fabulous. Will you tell me a little about your craft and a bit about your... Yes, well I'm an engineer by profession. I came to Ireland about 20 years ago. Initially on and off, but then we uh, we had a craft business. My wife and I had a craft business, and when I retired, um, the craft business didn't last. And when I retired, I decided to take up woodwork, which I'd been interested in all my life. So I'm now a wood turner, and and I make a variety of things, some of which are useful in the house. Well, most of which are useful in the house. Um, I use mostly spalted beech. Okay, tell me about sported beech. Well, sported means that the log has been, when you cut down a tree, you leave the log lying on the ground for up to two years. It varies, you have to watch it. So it's, it's just a fancy word for rotted, actually, or partly rotted. Okay. And what happens is a fungus goes through the log and makes all, all beautiful patterns. Um, varying from from light to dark, very often with with black lines in between. Um, the trick is to stop it at the right moment because if it goes too far, too too long, the wood becomes soft, and then it's no use except for firewood. Um, so, but if I can ask you then, Richard, relative to that, is climate an issue here? When you said that a fungus, do you, is the climate in this area particularly? beneficial to the growth of the fungus? That's a good question. I've never really thought about that, but I guess it probably is, being damp. Yes, uh, I would guess it is. It's not something I knew much about until I came here, and it took me a long time to find a suitable supplier. But I found a man who works for Quilshire, the forestry department, over the other side of the Corrib, near Hedford. And he has a, a business on the side where he has a big shed and all the equipment you need to, to produce this sort of wood and to stock it because it has to be kept a long time till it's dry, like three or four years at least. So I can go to him and I can get pretty well anything I want and he's, he's always there and he's always reliable and he knows a lot about wood. So from when something here may have been cut down or fallen to uh, when it's an end product, how many years, if you're talking two years of where the fungus may go? Well, it could be anything from two to five or six or maybe even longer, you know because this man has a huge shed in which he keeps wood for a long time to dry out so you could get something that's relatively new or you could get something that has been there for many years and when you say dry out it's not kiln dried it can be kiln dried he does have a kiln he can be kiln dried if I want something quickly he can kiln dry it for me but it's not ideal because when you kiln dry something you basically forcing the moisture out of it so it tends to crack more so right. something that's dried naturally is, is better and some woods are better than others I mean if you take holly for example 
or cherry, they're both terrible for cracking. In fact, you have to, with holly and cherry, you have to, to saw the log into planks very soon, otherwise it cracks terrifically. Uh, whereas beech doesn't. Beech is much more reliable. I was familiar with cherry wood, because uh, that is a phrase that would be out there in the furniture industry. So yeah. Holly, I'm not as familiar as something that would be used in... in yeah, well, it's not very easy to find because many holly trees never get very big. Right. But occasionally I've had a piece of holly. Well, actually, in this case, from a friend um, in Kerry. Right. Who's, who had a, a, a relative that did cut down a tree because he didn't want it. It was too big in the garden and he was going to burn it. And I said, please, 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 don't burn it. <laughs> so then the different woods, be it the, the cherry or the holly or anything else, they obviously would have different properties, so are some easier to work with than others? Yes. Beach is by far the easiest. Um, mostly because it doesn't have many flaws in it. Okay. And very few cracks. Um, and I would imagine that what you want to get is as much of a flat cut as possible that allows you to uh, turn and achieve the uh, be it a plate or a salvo. And yes, yes. So things like a breadboard, particularly, are, are, would be uh, are a large cutting board. So what you want is a good sized um, slice. Yes, plank. Actually, most many people believe that when you turn a bowl, you cut across the log. In other words, you're looking at it into the end of it. Right, but you're looking down at the, at the circles. Yes, which is completely wrong. Okay. You do it the other way. Basically, you cut the log into planks, varying in thickness from an inch to three or four or five inches, depending on how deep a bowl you want. And then the, the thickness of the plank will represent the depth of the bowl or plate. Okay. So you're working half the side of the... One side of the bowl would be across the grain. Well, opposite sides of the bowl would be across the grain if you follow me yes, yes the grain is going across from one side to the other side of the bowl which is not what most people realize no. you know I've, I've had people bring me slices of trees they proudly had cut down and they go and then can you make me a bowl and I'm saying I'm very sorry you cut it the wrong way <laughs> and so the width of the bowl is always going to be less than the width of the plank right. that way. Um, you mentioned this this was something you took up in retirement um, prior to retirement and developing this craft had you worked in wood much and the reason I'm asking that is in other words did you go through a trial and error process after you started to get into the, the wood turning realizing that certain woods very slightly I was always interested in woodwork but my woodwork originally was simply making practical things for the home you know like simple things with bits of wood I just liked doing it ever since I was a child but I never really took it up properly. I did carpentry at school, but I didn't really, that wasn't, that was really a minor subject to school. So I didn't learn very much, but when I retired, I just, well actually just before I retired, I decided that I was going to go to UK and take a course on wood turning, which turned out to be very, very valuable, because I only spent three days, but I was taught by a, a very knowledgeable, well-known and experienced wood turner in UK who actually calls himself a um, an artist wood turner and he really is amazing I mean, his work has been an inspiration to me ever since 
and that was that three days was most valuable. I then I bought at the same time I bought the equipment and I brought it back to my home here and I, I started practicing and you know that, that was a stage point when I didn't have somebody standing over me I made a few mistakes but I quickly picked it up he also this guy that taught me also made a series of videos training videos which I still use now um, and I learned many techniques from him so that was you know without that I don't think I ever would have managed so for um a plate or a bowl um, if you were to try and estimate uh, and I know it's impossible on one level but an average kind of number of hours that might go into something like uh, an 8 or a 10 inch diameter bowl it could be done in yeah, a couple of hours probably less but I don't do one thing at a time right I, the, the, big, the point about making bowls is there's two there's, there's a double process because you make the back first the, in other words the bottom first okay and then you make the inside the hollow it out in other words okay so I tend to make I do a whole lot bottom first and I put them aside and finish them then I come back later and I do the whole lot hollowing out the inside so it's a batch the system at least for me it is because because I sell the stuff yeah. I'm not primarily making it for pleasure I'm primarily making it to, to make a bit of cash right and then the finish uh, like when you um, do your turning that everything here has a smooth very smooth finish yes. is that hand done or is that it's, I use what's called power sanding so I when I turn with a cutting tool as smooth as I can get which depends on the wood mm -hmm. Um, I then use an electric drill with a sanding disc in it and you that's rotating and the wood is rotating and you hold one against the other which saves the fingers a lot and otherwise you've got to hold a piece of sandpaper against the wood which you know it gets very tiring for the fingers and I would imagine it's very fine you're on a fine grain sandpaper also I'm getting a bit of arthritis in my fine. fingers here <laughs> So Richard, the open air markets are just coming back. Uh, you would have had what, tw at least 12 months where you wouldn't have been able to come out and display. Well, I had a Christmas market. I, I used we used to have a Christmas market in Kinvara. Oh yeah. Which was two whole weekends, Saturday and Sunday for two weekends, which was very very good. But I'm afraid that died off the COVID. Um, so I had a little market at home, which was a reasonable success. Um, but basically, I, I I operate here between June and September, and that's it for the year. So last year there was no June and September to September. Oh, there was July to September last okay. year. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a, a little bit of, and then you're able to do it from September to June to build up the. the Yes, but I work very fast, so I don't, uh, I don't use much of that time for wood turning. Okay. I do most of my wood turning during the season. All right, okay. Um, so, in the world we now live in, do you uh, ship and sell uh, either online or sh uh, ship abroad? I've never, I've never done that. No, yeah. no. Everything is some face people, to face. people are often urging me to do so, but I don't want to make it too much. 
of a business in the sense that I don't want to be tied by it. I'm also a beekeeper and a gardener. Right, okay. I grow just about all my own vegetables. Okay. And I keep bees as well, and, and I make beehives for sale, so that keeps me busy very often I'm sure. when I'm not busy with this stuff. Right, right, indeed. Richard Colson has been a fantastic getting to know you and learn a little bit about your craft, and I wish you every success. Well, thank you very much for having me.